0: Hello and welcome to episode 302 of The Crate and Crowbar. It is the 13th of November, 2019. My name is Big Arrowhead Shame, and tonight I'm joined by... Big Naked Dog. And... Bread-making Bombay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Where
1: do we go from here?
0: Oh, well, uh, so we've all discovered, thanks to uh, Polygon and Brian Gilbert's excellent tool, our uh, Kojima names.
1: Kojima name, yep.
0: Uh... Mine's a horny name, would you believe? Yeah, mine's
1: it? a horny name as well.
2: See, yeah. <laughs> it's um it's a thing I'm good at, plus the breed of my first pet. Hmm.
0: Um and that's uh that's maths for sexy. So. <laughs> uh mine is a dangerous name. It's the yeah. it's my uh deficit, which is that I'm so big, plus the thing I'm most afraid of being stabbed by. Um plus the thing I'm most afraid of.
1: Oh. Yeah, that figures. <laughs>
0: yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex?
1: Uh, I I think I'm just a big naked dog. (laughs) (laughs) I could (laughs) could have been, oh, what was it? There was a middle name I could have taken, but it was too much. It was too much. It was big naked lifeless dog. No big (laughs) day. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. I thought I'd pair it back. Yeah. Just go big naked dog.
0: Well, we have definitely hoisted upon someone else's good bit of internet (laughs) <laughs> um, and dragged it into ours. hours, so we should probably put a link to this at the top of yeah, the show notes. It's
1: worth it's worth a view because I'll Brian Gilbert that, does Chris. take you
0: through. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you're you're welcome to do that. I had nothing else
2: after that interjection. Sorry.
1: Have you been play The Stranding?
0: So I have played. Um, so I, I, Tom Senior has played a lot of Death Stranding. Unfortunately, Tom Senior is ill at the moment, so you have to rely on my early takes based on. Uh, playing about three hours so far of Death Stranding, by which I mean I have watched a film I didn't understand and walked up a hill once. Um, Also, I did choose to drink a shot every time uh, the words written and produced by Hideo Kojima appeared on the screen, so I've died. (laughs) (laughs) And I come to you now as a ghost. That's why you're
1: so ghostly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's also the twist about my character in this. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I am also a ghost and and a clone. Um, So... Well, wow. it's definitely I, I basically went into town and bought it for the PS4. It's not on PC until next year Um, out of a kind of obligation to pay essentially a discourse tax um, <laughs> that I would exchange 50 pounds for the right to have an opinion about this thing. And to be honest, in the hours I played so far, it's actually kind of paying off in that regard. It's definitely making me think about it all of the time. Hmm. Like I haven't become comfortable yet with the things in it or anything it's saying. Um, the last thing I did before I came out, and it's going to be really hard to unpick, so I'd welcome questions because there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I just got... I mean, I'm super early in the game, which is the other big caveat, but I just got uh the ability to, you know, do things in my own apartment. Mm. And I'd seen some of, the, some of these things appear on Twitter inevitably, but um, so I... Uh, Can you I, defecate yet? Yes, I I had a shit three times in a row. Wow. I I assumed. Do you it, have to earn a shit in this game? Y, well, you do have a like a bladder thing that fills up, etc. And when you take a shit, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn will take that shit and turn it into a grenade <laughs> <laughs> for you. Uh, uh, did you have to go to Nicholas Winding is, go to, Refn uh, to do that? Usually, the reverse process for Nicholas Winding Refn. You <laughs> normally <could> have, <laughs> take something with explosive potential and outputs shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, the, uh, uh, the, um, and, um, <clears throat> but in this case, maybe it was just for the tutorial. It didn't put any limit on my ability to press triangle to, ha- to have the Norman reader does a shit cut scene, which involves the shower. Cause it's the shower unit, which has a built in toilet that pops out. And I want to get to its industrial design. Cause it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shower glass c- closes around you and regardless what like, what you're doing, depends on what the hollow shower curtain does. And if you take a Wii, it's like a, a a forest scene and you see some bars ticking up as it measures the concentration of paradimensional death energy in your piss. Um and if you take a shower you see much more of Norman Reedus's bum. A very <laughs> slow tracking shot of the back of his beautifully rendered slightly mm-hmm. hairy legs. It's it's you know, if you want to see Norman Reedus... Are but the hairs three if- D? No, it is it is a texture, but it's Fucking subtle enough. Hell, it's, maybe the PC version will rectify that. Yeah, exactly. That. We can only hope. Um, but when you do a poo, and this is, uh, this was like, I'm kind of skipping to the end. This was like my nth, oh, for fuck's sake, I uttered in three hours. But uh, the shower curtain shows an advert for Norman Reedus' actual TV show on AMC, which is called Ride, I think, which is about him riding a motorbike. I don't know anything about it other than when you take a poo, this appears, and it says, Norman Reedus in Ride, and pretend Norman Reedus, also uh, Sam Porter-Bridge's Death Stranding character is sat behind the curtain, and the sound of a motorbike revving momentarily flares up to obscure the sound of him shitting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you the right. curtain closes, and goes, Vroom! And then the first time you do this, Nickel and Winding Reference explains that he'll take this and make a grenade. That's not... The, that uh, doesn't
1: That doesn't mirror the sensation of... Or, like, represent the sensation of shitting. I like, think, it's not revving. Well, It's actually, more... I want to get into the revving is maybe. a sort of a, a launch into something, mm. whereas shitting is a relief of something.
2: Is it a relief, though? <laughs> Past the age of 35, <laughs> well, I don't know anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. it's okay. I think... Well,
0: this is why I'd say it's actually a very effective choice. <laughs> because it... It covers the sound very well. It's in the same range, right? The kind of boom. It, it could be you play it backwards. Maybe you've got something a bit close. If they, if you know, if they, if it was obscured with a honk or a, like a, a mechanical sound or something, then uh you wouldn't really get anything of the the texture of the moment. But there is something in a rev that is like, like mm. sort of six degrees of Kevin Bacon shit adjacent. Huh. The, so sort if of, I don't know, it's, it's curiously yeah, yeah. resonant, the controller vibrates, cause of course it fucking does. Like, <sighs> Come there. explosive movements. Does it make you want to poo a little bit in sympathy? Um, well, so the first time I was like, cause, you know, you, oh god, it's impossible to pick apart this game, even based on a small amount of time with it. <laughs> the one thing I'm really interested in is making you feel that like you're in this character's skin, hmm. right? It's about, it's a game about taking long walks up in Iceland, and, or, or the peak district, and, <laughs> Um, and you feel it, like it's the kinematics are very, very good. He looks tired. It looks like what he's doing is knackering, carrying heavy things. It's very sympathetic to the sort of travails of the body. And so the fact that it allows you to have a shower and take a poo, you take a shower for the first time as part of a story beat that needs to happen. And it does effectively sell what it's like to wash the grime off you after a, an ordeal. You know, it kind of does that. So the first time I was like, Triangle, to take a poo. I bet it does need a poo. <laughs> and there's something satisfying about that motorbike rev. And I was like, I've, I've helped Norman Reedus here. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to get a grenade out of it as well, which is presumably useful. And then when I realized that it wasn't attached to a, like a system of you know, internal geometry <laughs> that was going to factor how much pooing I could do. It lost some of its kind of yeah, meaning. Yeah, you because you feel mm. the... I
1: mean, he should be eating. And, yeah, uh, the, well, the you can turn to amazing. your right
0: and choose to either put your sunglasses on for no reason or drink one of three or four different cans of Monster Energy. These are all next open to on the a desk. Yeah, which is quite a lot like being in the office back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... You could, yeah. You can also choose to change your sun, the color of your sunglasses, um, or look at a map, mm. and that's that's what you can do. Or look at your toy soldiers that are behind your bed. Yeah, I
1: was going to ask whether there's some sort of media thing to look at.
0: Just little some plastic toy soldiers. Um, that's it.
1: Are there any kind of magazines and things like that? No, that just like
0: cancer, Monster Energy and the actual Monster Energy, the logo, everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what would you like to know about? Well, uh, can I can don't
2: you- even know where to start. I mean. <laughs> I think probably most people listening to this podcast probably have enough engagement with the discourse to mm. know Very sort often. of what the game is. But maybe for people who don't, can you <laughs> encapsulate but, it? So I heard somewhere it's basically open world uh, getting over it with Ben Foddy.
0: Yeah, that's a really uh, that, that exact comparison occurred to me. It has, you know, it is. Yeah, it's getting over it without the jokes. Mm. Um, it's it basically a game about delivering packages to places and so it's, it's in a genre that also includes like European Truck Simulator and Elite honestly mm. of like I've got this thing I need to get it over there and I think in its defense
2: no that doesn't sound bad no, no that, I mean, that is oh. like
0: <clears throat> that is a legitimate sort of space to explore and I don't think I'm far enough into it yet like <clears throat> to its detriment it is also a Hideo Kojima game which means that as I say I've played actual hands-on controller played maybe 45 minutes and mm-hmm. the rest has been cut scenes and for the avoidance of doubt cutscenes scenes where you can use the right stick to move the camera around don't count mm. like there's still like there's one early on where two characters are riding in the back of a truck and you can either point the character at them or very very slowly turn the camera to look at the beautiful landscape which is nice except there's no reason to look anything at, at, except at the people and i was definitely looking the wrong way when, um, when a thing happened and I just oh. didn't see. <laughs> the thing is, you're not turning, <clears throat> you're not turning your character's head, you're turning the camera. Right. So your character is there having a conversation, oh, doing stuff, and you yeah. can just decide to be a bad cinematographer. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately trying to escape from the cutscene. <laughs> yeah, trying to get out of the film you're making. Um, so yeah, so it's a game about taking on missions to deliver packages in a sort of sci- a post-apocalyptic sci-fi landscape that looks a lot like Iceland. And, um, and you stack the packages up on your back and you choose the amount you want to take and, and the, the sort of the amount you're going to take on. And then you head off across the landscape and there can, you know, there's an element of sort of dark souls cooperation where players can build bridges and ladders and ropes and things for each other and then leave likes for each other. I feel like we're going to be talking about this for a while, because every time you start talking about it in a direction, you end up feeling like, oh, by the way, it's also kind of a commentary on social networks and social engineering. And that is bad, which you can tell because the device that allows you to connect to the social network is literally handcuffs that you put on yourself. And the character literally says, no, these aren't handcuffs. They're the bonds that link us. But like traditionally, we don't use handcuffs to link two people to each other. (laughs) Anyway... um, uh, and every morning Norman Reedus wakes up and puts his handcuffs back on, which is a metaphor. Uh-huh. But you can leave likes for each other, and that's your currency, your XP is is likes. You do all of this for social oh, so media like,
1: likes. So giving likes is actually it's just like a currency or something? Yeah, it
0: is. You, you earn likes for doing missions through the game. It's XP. But you yeah. can also, if you use another player's bridge, you can press a button. To leave them a like but that actually begins the like window whereas they get as many likes as you're able to hammer the button in that period of time so you you can literally simulate smashing that like button you actually and that's that's not like that is so they they had that idea and they they put it in there and it doesn't really speak to anything else but it's there and it also is about um like i guess uh like the gig economy because you are uh essentially a deliveroo man you take a job and every time a character gives you a job they say um like i contract you as a, as a sort of social thing and it's now passed into culture to the extent that people just you know once it's happened it's happened you've you've sort of been signed up to this particular task that you've agreed to do like a formality at the start of everything mm-hmm. because everyone's a freelancer in the future no one has an, a full-time job uh, again you know i'm kind of reminiscent. Um, and, you know, your your surname is the company that you work for or that you're most frequently contracted uh, Oh, I see. So it's not really your name. No. So Sam Porter Bridges. Bridges is the company he works for. Mm. So, boy, can we get into names? I don't know if we can get into names. So having just talked about... So it is... So everyone works for the company that has their name, right? Um, But that company is run by... A man called Die Hard Man, and Die Hard Man it's called Die Hard Man because he can't Name die. Name of his cat? Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> it's hard for him to die, so he is Die Hard Man. And he works for the man. No, he works for Bridges. Why isn't he die, die Hard Man? Bridges? I don't know. So, he, you, but you're Jeff. You're Jeff. Uh, Jeff Bridges. No, you're Sam Porter Bridges. Um, but no, but Die Hard Man is not to be confused with Dead Man, um, mm. who has the body but not the voice of Guillermo del Toro, and he uh, he is a coroner obviously. Um, and they are not to be confused uh, with your mother, the president. What? <laughs> Bridget. But not Bridges, because that's your new surname. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, thank fuck. She's not Bridget Bridges. Bridges. Uh, but she's Bridget Strand.
3: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which is an
0: excuse. I feel for- a vein on the side of my head. Pulsing. Yeah. Um, Strand, almost like it's on the title of the, the game. Um hmm. Uh All of the cities are called Knot City, as in knot, as what? in not in an enti- a bit of rope. And this is hmm. to what? allow a character like uh, like Edge the Central kn- at the be- towards the beginning of the city. game. Something bad happens to uh, Capital Knot City, and then that means you go to Central Knot City, and ultimately your goal is to reach Edge Knot City.
1: Because it's not a city, because you no no then
0: K N O T. Okay, yeah. but because they are knots in the right. rope that binds us the strand if you but will. I
1: thought it was handcuffs and also uh, it bridges. is
0: it is it's, it's handcuffs it's bridges it's a piece of rope you are a strand but not you're a bridge but also someone does say it's funny someone literally says kind of early it's funny the word strand it can mean <laughs> like a string it can also mean to be stranded on a beach it can also mean to not be able to find your way home can it well like if you're stranded yeah you're stranded like as the, in well that's, that's, that's the second definition it? <laughs> it is, it is they are the second two are the same definition <laughs> okay. twice but yeah um you know like, like you know it can be like falling asleep on a bus and yeah. you get all the end of the line you don't have any money to come all the way back mm-hmm. it's like that um sorry you're continuing to the quote that no I was just I was helping I mean it could have <laughs> been definitely could have been yeah <laughs> um so yeah and then the the moment the moment that got me and I don't want to talk about too many spoilers anyway um Time comes to discuss um, someone who might be president. Uh, I don't know what it means to be president, by the way. Um, America has been blown up by an explosion that has turned it into Iceland. I want to kind of talk about because the Iceland out, bomb? Like, We must reconnect <laughs> America. We have to reconnect America, but the landscape is absolutely gorgeous, and I do want to. Stop so you kind of think let's not connect America if it all stays like this. Well, it's more mm. that it's just man. It's hard to unpack. It just is like this, and it's hard to gauge whether. So what well, something you need to know is. <laughs> If someone dies, if anybody dies in the world and they're not incinerated within a certain amount of time, they will cause what's called a void out, which is an explosion of such magnitude, it will just cause a city to cease to be and create a massive dome crater with a huge baby's handprint in it, wherever that happened to happen. So, um, this is a, you know, a pivotal thing in the, uh, it's, it's, uh, I haven't had enough of this wine. The, um... (laughs) So if that happens... So why the
1: hell do they let these people go out on their own into the fucking wilderness? Well, that's kind of
0: why. Because if more people go... Because the wilderness... So, I don't know where to start, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) But that... So the only explanation for why everything looks like Iceland I can think of is that enough people have died everywhere because you get the impression it's a fair time in the future apart from very early on when a character who only looks about 40 says, I remember when you could just get on a plane and go anywhere you liked, but now it's all like this. And it's... So obviously this has happened within living memory which doesn't make any fucking sense because everything is new. Anyway, Hmm. it's it's... Who I
1: made was, the Toy st- Soldiers?
0: The Toy Soldiers? Yeah. Well, so I don't know. If everything's connected... There aren't really Toy Soldiers. connected. Well, you know, the oh, things the, in uh, your apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those. Are Ooh, they new? Are they, are they old? So, here's the thing. <laughs> we could get down this rabbit hole for a long time, and I suspect it's going to come Who made back. the toilet, Chris? Well, so, I want to talk about <laughs> Yoji Shinokawa, who's <laughs> yeah. Kojima's art director and has been since...
1: They work with an uh, architecture studio. Obviously.
0: Yeah, right. So the industrial designer's game is lovely. Hmm. And so there are two things about it that immediately struck me. as like, well, there are, there are a couple of things I want to talk about because the rabbit hole of its fiction is, it's, it's nonsense. Like it's, I, I want to believe that it's going somewhere, but I don't trust that it is. And I think it, I think, well, the <laughs> short version is needs an editor real badly, like really badly because even
1: worse than the Konami is.
0: Um, Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Because, oh, Jesus Christ! Because Metal Gear's f- f- like surrounding fiction was its own editor in a way, and it didn't work, but it was sort of there. <laughs> it, there it placed some limits on what could happen, in okay. the, and then it, all those rules got broken anyway in the end. But this is
1: yeah, because at least that's due that that series started when you had to fit it onto an MSX kind of yeah. kind of cartridge, like, and now kind of
0: this has there's a really specific vision for what this is. Clearly, evidence in it. Like it's not a big grab bag of, it is a big grab bag of nonsense, but it's not like incoherent weirdly. Well, until people start talking hmm. like when you're out in the wilderness, it's these gorgeous wilderness. that's it's not very, it doesn't feel very video gamey. Like the, there's a lot of attention has been paid to how a, creating a sense of distance through, um, long sight lines and it, it's distant terrain looks incredibly inviting and, and scrambling over kind of hills, carrying boxes is kind of, yeah, like I said, kind of puts you in the moment, and it's you know, feel sim- physical sympathy with this character, and and um and the you know that sort of meta layer of kind of you know sort of digital like overlays and things to express that you're kind of a deliveroo person of the future kind of works. Like I said, all the interfaces are kind of beautiful, the sound design is great. Like it, everything feels great, and the industrial design is like it's phenomenal like all the devices look and feel amazing and it's you know what it feels like is there's no kind of massive coherence like clearly kojima has a story that he wants to tell and an idea for a kind of horror or a kind of philosophical point that is being pulled and labored in so many different directions there's there's a core to it that works because it's full of it's just told through very striking individual images which you know there are moments that you know that's genuinely very it's a beautiful looking game and there are moments that are genuinely very effective as horror or as cosmic horror like early on where if you ignore what the characters are saying like it kind of holds together and then it'll do something enormous in the story side it'll do something enormously ham-fisted like you know the president is your mom and she's also dying and we have his hologram recreation of the oval office like all of this like really hammy Kind of completely over the top stuff that doesn't need to be there at all. Uh. Um similarly, like it's weird obsession with America and Americanness and what it means to be president, even though that's apparently hereditary. And like um like all of this stuff that doesn't make it doesn't really make any sense and it doesn't feel right because the environment you're seeing is not at all like anything you would associate with America, and that doesn't appear to be a point the game's making. It's just weird. It's just mm-hmm. a combination of someone going, I want to make a game about roaming iceland with a big bag and also about how america is just defined and linked and fractured by its relationship with social media and just push those two things together until they kiss and they don't <laughs> 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 um but while this was happening and that is like also i want to listen to my spotify playlist while while this is going on like basically it is also built out of a desire i think to com- to continually recreate until you're sore that moment from Red Dead 1 where Jose hmm. Gonzalez starts playing. Hmm. Like it will do the thing where the camera pulls out and you're just walking over a hill and a track from the soundtrack will play. it works once. It kind twice. of works for me every time. I think it helps, really? that, I like, it helps that I like the music. So there's yeah. an element of like, this is actually kind of chill. Hmm. Kind of enjoying just going for a wander. Kind of like, you know, it's atmospheric and it kind of works. What's been happening meanwhile is, uh, like Yoshi shinakawa doing the thing he does, which is like, I'm just going to reinvent cars. Like, well, I'm just going to, you know, if you, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to like, uh, John Roberts does a lot of art like this, like those sort of like big chunky inspired by sort of eighties conceptions of what future industry and industrial design would look like that has been part of metal gear forever,
3: yeah.
0: but is, you know, this is as, as modern as it's looked like every piece of technology is amazing looking, even the stupid handcuffs, like even if the design the idea around them is a little bit wonky, everything looks and sounds great and there's a sort of a function to everything that's meticulously chosen. Like there's no incidental piece of technology that someone hasn't thought about how all the little clasps sound and what it sounds like when it pressurizes or depressurizes how doors open. Like it's really beautifully well-conceived, just completely disconnected from ironically from, from whatever it else is that this game is. Right. Right. It's like you have this um, scanner. That was cool. Like the little, it's, uh, I forgot what it's called, um, but it's like a little robot tentacle arm flicky, that lives on your shoulder. Fl- fl- flicky, flicky. Flicky thing. And you can normally use it to scan the uh, landscape and it will do colored dots to show you the relative risk of different inclines. Um, oh, I should mention you're moving around. You move around normally, but you have momentum, like physical momentum. And the package you're carrying changes your center of gravity. And then the shoulder buttons, the triggers, um, cause you to grab one or other of your backpack straps. So grabbing both of them centers the package and slows you down. Grabbing one of them kind of pulls you in either direction. So there's a lot of trying to like balance the, and cause he'll, you'll, you don't just fall over, you start to fall. And so a lot of it is like unfalling over, like, ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, oh, ooh, and then going back the right way up. Huh. And that's kind of work actually in the sort of work walking simulator. That's just about enough activity to keep you kind of doing stuff. And maybe it gets boring eventually, but I actually quite enjoyed that kind of as a idea, like, mm. will it sustain 50 hours? Mm-hmm. But um, is
2: there any other kind of threat in the landscape? So there,
0: there will be like things like I so there. Are, there's um, I, I get the impression that I'm very much still in this tutorial to be honest. Right. Like it's like um, I I was told ahead of time that I had to kind of race through to chapter three when the game starts and I'm on chapter two. So I see. Um, and so you know, I imagine there might be people. So things I know is there are rogue delivery people. Who have gotten addicted to delivering packages and roam the landscape trying to steal other people's packages so that they can deliver them.
1: Maniac post people. Yeah.
0: Well, I would say like rogue, um, Uber drivers sort of snatching other people's rides, mm. you know, is it a comment on something? Probably. Um, <laughs> rogue a <Ocado> drivers. <laughs> um, but the big threat is, um, what are called, uh, BTs, which are beached things so stranded things you stranded might say. things yeah so mm. um, basically the isn't it inf- funny how those
2: two words mean the same thing in our language
0: yeah i don't know how it translates i, I don't envy the the localization team mm. um so basically and it is kind of effective horror actually like so you have a baby in a jar who is strapped to your chest and that's called a bb or a uh a baby. bridge baby a bridge baby a bridge, bridge baby. baby yeah is that because um, he works for yes. bridges? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, baby bridges. So there's even. also
1: Atkinson and Fortnum babies.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and PJR Industries babies.
0: Yeah, presumably. <laughs> uh, the bridge baby will go, when there's a ghost. Um, and then when this happens, your uh, tentacle like snap a electric arm, will start going like a camera flash, like ding ding, 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 ding. And it points towards this nearest invisible thing. You have a condition called doom, which is D O O M, which means that your hair stand on end when, uh, is a spooky ghost. And so this combined with a bridge baby, which makes you see visions of, Mads Mickelson looking down at you from above and going don't worry daddy's here um what okay I'm not okay. unpacking I'm not slowing down I'm just, <laughs> <So> no, <laughs> keep the, on going the, the, yeah. the hair I want to know
1: about the hair does your hair stick straps? up does does, it does the, the, his hair stick the, the, up there's a him? cut
0: scene where they effectively sell that that's what's happening like the goosebumps <gasps> yes! down his arms like, hairs go like up? you see him flush with the presence of a ghost
1: so on PC version we can hope that all of his leg hairs will also <laughs> yeah
0: exactly <laughs> his off. hair. yeah exactly um um, and um when this happens you have to sort of crouch and sneak to get around invisible threats basically if you fail they a big black pool of oil forms around you and ghosts try and while well, grasping dead hands connected by umbilical cords to the sky um will try and pull you through an oil slick into uh, basically an eternal kind of death dimension beach scape where big whales live Nice. I don't know what's not clear about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is this is a silly question.
2: Is there an explanation for why that this thing has happened? Well to the you world? see,
0: the the game begins by explaining that the big bang happened. So it really does start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this is like I, I the I imagine the explanation is coming Did the whales do
1: the big bang?
0: No. This is the um, as far as I can tell, either the final bang or the unbang. Um like, I uh, see yeah, it's like, there was you the, don't come on, but, you say so that. Sort of what, <laughs> you it, what it does no, I understand at the it beginning, perfectly, actually, there's ice. a, there's a intro and callback at the end of the intro before the opening titles appear, you know, an hour and a half into the game. Um, where it starts with like basically drawing a, a thread between the big bang, um, the formation of earth as a celestial object, the Cambrian explosion, and the, the, the last explosion, which is the death explosion, mm-hmm. which would naturally involve whales. See, I yeah well understand. it's it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> stranding right there, was it a really year?
1: big whale that stranded and it, it, and it kind of is inside gases blew up and then it exploded was that maybe like the explosion
0: maybe sometimes when you see uh uh lindsey wagner she's walking into a big distant explosion i don't know by the way <laughs> lindsey I mean, wagner lindsey you know. uh, wagner in the age she is now is uh your mother and the president uh, Lindsay Wagner as uh DC CGI de aged, but played by a different actress, same likeness is your sister. Oh my God. Yeah. There's, um, every time a famous person playing a character appears, a, uh, title card appears that will be, uh, the person whose likeness it is and the actor. Cause they're not always the same. Um, just to make sure you don't forget, don't not realize that this is Guillermo del Horror or something, uh-huh. pointedly, this doesn't happen when it's just a job in games industry actor. <laughs> <Not>
3: really, <laughs> yeah. no. There's a
0: character early on that just shows up and is like, oh, fuck this guy. This should discredit <laughs> it. <so laughs> yeah, exactly. gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, to be
1: fair, it's packed a lot of stuff into these three hours.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I feel <laughs> yeah. I feel shaken um, by it. Like the um, I Quantity. I for- maybe not. I forgot, I forgot to mention, um the first character you meet is, uh, Lea Seydoux, the French actress. Yes. Um she, uh, and I do want to just deliver a big old fuck of this to this particular piece of naming. Um when you meet her, uh, she's wearing a, uh, like, uh, a leather, like, biker suit basically, standing in the rain holding an umbrella. The biker suit says fragile down one arm and the umbrella says fragile, love with care on it. And then she vanishes and reappears, introduces herself as Fragile, as in her name is Fragile. But she also works for Fragile. So I don't know if that's just her uh, last name or... You maybe know, it's what, both her names. Fragile, yeah. Fragile. Fragile. Um, fragile, Fragile. Also, by the way, rain makes time go faster for the things Oh, fuck off now. <laughs> this is called a time so fuck i've forgotten but basically it turns out that she's been um very this is not a spoiler because it's like the first conversation with her she takes her glove off to reveal that she has an old lady's hand and it turns out that she apparently at some point was soaked like neck down um so uh why is she going out in the rain I because like umbrellas because she's still, package, you still get she's wet she's a teleporting <laughs> package delivery woman and from like a rival company or something i right, don't John. know
2: you'd think that'd Pink. be give yeah. them
0: a bit of an edge uh, yeah, you think, uh, also, um, Norman Reedus is, is afraid of being touched physically. So every time a character <laughs> touches him in a cutscene, the controller vibrates to, uh, to simulate his discomfort. But the thing is, I never really find this out because the cutscenes are so long that by this, by the time this has happened, the controller is like resting on my knee or something mm. and I'm on my phone. <laughs> 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 and so someone will touch Norman Reedus and I'll go, and, and it's actually kind of, that's effective. Hmm. I'm immersed. I don't, wow. I don't know what you want from me on this.
1: <laughs> I think that's good. I mean, I, that's, that's, that seems all we need to know. I think yeah.
0: Tom has played loads of it and so I'm interested to see how he finds it get on because there's a game here that is refusing to let me play, um, which is this, you know, open world package delivery. There is a, there is a big game.
1: part of me that's very pleased. there's something that's actually like mega popular. Like this is top selling game at the moment and it is. I will Absolutely confounding in the way that the people
0: yeah, in Gear games I, are. I don't know what people are gonna- I, Like, I actually, so, it only came out on Friday, and on Sunday, I happened that when we were moving out of this house, actually, I, I basically just took a shitload of my old games, Xbox games and things, to CEX in return for credit that I haven't used yet. And so I thought, maybe rather than pay my discourse tax, I will just go to CEX, because this game sounds so mad, inevitably someone must have traded it in by now. And no one had. So there you go.
2: Yeah, it's a weird um, thing amongst the reviews where every reviewer says this game is mad and nobody will like it, but I kind of love it. And literally every reviewer has come away going with that, apart from the people who
0: refuse to review it altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, which is its own power play. <coughs> um, like the, um, yeah, like I don't, I like there are things about the the uneditedness of it. Basically, I think here's, here's the way I put it. it's easy to get frustrated with the excess of it like the unfilteredness of it and i think it's easy to get frustrated with this even this early that there's something really powerful here with a good editor and a quality pass involved Mm. like you know just saying like look i get you know you've 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 taken um you know die hard man wears a skull mask why Mm. it looks cool but but why like you know and and but even when you start saying that you sound like the sort of the fun police because is it more memorable because that's happening kind of yes and there's a you know the complete uneditedness the thing i would compare it to actually weirdly because i've been thinking about this recently is avatar the film oh really which is also like it's because it's it's also a monument to one person not being told no yeah right and the way that the, the downside to that is not the excess of it or the fact that it's so vastly expensive or there's so much stuff in it because mm-hmm. that has a place. The downside to it is, well, why isn't this part better then if you have all of these resources? Yeah. Like with Avatar, that was, you know, you've got all these resources, these sort of, you know, you know, like very, uh, uh, you know, the special effects that are so sort of widely in excess of what was being achieved at the time. And you've used it for this script. Yeah, like, could you not have spent some of your like making people blue money on mm. a writer at some point? Yes,
2: yeah, that's that's the sort of flip side to Martin Scorsese's recent argument that uh, yeah. the studio film as a collaborative effort doesn't pr- produce Ooh. the kind of the the kind of communicative uh personal art that uh, a single kind of auteur can deliver. And you know, James Cameron definitely
0: did do that. For better or worse, yeah, I mean, he dropped a big old grenade, <laughs> yeah. and um, and the and that's the thing, like you know, I think you know films can be very very different things, but films are um like you know there also can be a collaborative medium that can benefit tremendously from you know lots of people being involved, like mm. you know well uh, it like games, right, and I think with this, there's an element of like i don't know i i, I i'm I'm shying away from going. I'll come the fuck on about it because it's certainly unique. And it's kind of neat that Sony funded this. Or mm-hmm. I think it was Sony funded. Oh, you know, whoever that it, it gets made, right. It kind of sucks that you probably have to be Hideo Kojima to get trust for a project like this. Yeah. And also then kind of no oversight into whether things work like uh it's you know immensely kind of disappointing to for the first female character in a Kojima game in this one to be called fragile in her sexy clothes after quiet in the previous one mm. like there are these threads in his work that are just getting kind of tired now, but it's also clearly not like anything else,
2: yeah, I went to see uh once upon a time in Hollywood mm. the other week and it stirred up very similar sort of feelings of positivity and also massive massive reservations. Mm. About the, you know, the unrestrained excess of its principal creator. Mm. And it's that, quite. That n- of,
1: yeah, that is one of the kind of exciting things about them. Like that. Yeah. Is, yeah.
2: And it is really nice just, I mean, just to see uh, something which is just so, um, intimate, you know, in terms of mm. your relation with a creator that they're trying to tell you something directly from their own brain. As unfiltered as it possibly can be, given this mm. nature of the production, to you. Um But it's better when that's not hot garbage, you know. <laughs> is my my take. Yeah, by, right.
0: I, I want like it's just funny cause...
2: And it's funny because, and but to just to because mm, because it's I've been wanting to tell people about what I feel about once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but like that's that's the, the cool side of that is when. You, you're experiencing some insight into the Hollywood system of which, you know, Quentin Tarantino is massively passionate, but then there's lots of shots of actresses feet in a really prominent way. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want that it's, insight it's too into much a, now. a like, dirty man's wank fodder. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. Right. Like I think there's, there's a lack of, I admire restraint in creatives, even when they're kind of doing the thing they actually really want to do. Yeah. right? Or the craft or self-critical craft, basically, where it's like, I really want to achieve this. I have the story I want to tell, but I don't need every, every idea I have is not going to make it into this. Hmm. Like, um no darlings were killed in the making of this production. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything is in there. And it still functions, I think, partly because games, particularly open world games, work as a showcase of a lot of different people's talents. Like, mm. the sound design's great. I'm glad, like, I've seen a fair amount of praise for, like, Yoshi Shinokawa specifically recently, which is nice because, you know, art directors deserve credit right. for these yeah, things, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been wholly comfortable with the notion of auteur creators in games because, mm. or games far more than films, don't have a single director. I mean, as, as happens in Death Stranding, the player is controlling the camera half the time, which means you can direct it badly. <laughs> like, you know, um there's certainly, you know, individual game direction can can be a thing but in a game like this, you know, if, if, if the thing that drags you through Death Stranding is just loving its look and feel and the technology, mm. then there's going to be swathes of artists and, and you know, UX designers and sound designers who are making that experience for you, perhaps with an overall vision, but you wonder, like I, the thing I was thinking is if it weren't so, you know pretentious, honestly, and if it weren't so obviously stuffed with one person's Fixations and favorite bands and ideas and theories that pull in several different directions at once, then it would be easier to like. Hmm. I don't know whether you experience that, the sort of instinctive pull against like, oh, someone's, this is didactic. Someone is, is having fun without, I don't even need to be here. You know, someone's just having, getting all of yeah. their material out and they're not really thinking about me as I experience it. Like, super long cut scenes are kind of rude in my opinion yeah. <laughs> like you know like my yeah. time it matters as well actually and if you're going to make not a great film i don't really because i think that there is
1: there's that. definitely a value in the idea of making something that is people don't enjoy like like yeah i think that there is it's completely valid yeah. for a game to make you do stuff you don't want to do, like maybe you mm. don't want to walk for fucking you mm. know, hour across the Hebrides because, but that's what the game is going to make you do. It's like the, the ladder scene in, in Metal Gear. Uh, yeah. Two, three, one, three, three. And you know, that's, that, actually, that actually,
0: is, the ladder uh, scene is. in Metal Gear three is this entire game. I've yeah, just realized. Yeah. You know, it's,
1: it's like that's, mm. but it's, I think, I'm, think I'm fine with things being rude about your time? So like one's time. I think uh, that's and I think I think it's a separate point with the one you were making.
0: I would agree with that, because actually if it had just let me out into the world and I was going in a direction, it was taking ages and it was arduous, that's the game. I'm I'm up for that actually. I yeah. actually enjoyed you know, I've had really two now extended sequences that were like that, and I enjoyed them both, actually. Right. Um you know, I like the music, I like the landscapes, I like the mm. feel of it and the technology and the way it feels. The thing that, um.
2: But you are being engaged by that yeah. when there's the cutscenes you clearly aren't. Yeah, and the cutscenes
0: because they're all over the place because it is distracting to have a famous person cameo as a scanned version of themselves and then it show, pop up to say, you know, guest starring Guillermo del Toro as a special appearance. I
1: find it fascinating. Like, obviously, I haven't actually experienced it, but I find the concept of it fascinating, that it's right. all over the place, that it's so obsessed with showing that the Kojima's got a connection with Guillermo yeah. del Toro and all the other people. And look at this star I got in and mm. and look at this like product deal I did with Monster. Monster. Yeah. And look at this and look at this and look at this. this. Look at my yeah. quite banal kind of fascinations and Joy Division and like well, it's isn't a little it, all pop this, doesn't it really? Like it's it's this kind of great big um like fascinating fascinatingly banal kind of um kaleidoscope. Yeah. Do you know what that <laughs> and do you know
0: what that has in common with? Yeah. Instagram pages. That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> yeah. it, it does. Like, honestly, yeah. Yeah. The, the meta yeah. layer here and maybe this is where it's all going. Um, but like is, yeah, it's kind of about social media, I guess. And it only half is cause it's about 15 other things as well, but it does feel like kind of browsing. Like, it's yeah. followed... kind of
1: like, Oh, here's my curated fucking, this is what yeah. I want you to think I like.
0: Well, I'll put it this way. Like I followed Tudio Kojima on, um, Twitter for ages. I actually unfollowed recently cause it got a bit, bit uh, heavy around the death Stranding stuff. But if you followed him for the last couple of years, a lot of it is just selfies, selfies. Is. or photos of him and celebrities he's met. Yeah. And they're all showing up in the game. And so the game is this output Hmm. of a social media feed by one person. And it's, again, all of their banal fascinations and personal quirks. And it's kind of interesting. And it has a relationship with, like, maybe, you know, I think about this through work a lot because, you know, I have an audience to cater to who's younger. And younger audiences I found now are more aware of themselves on social media as a brand that they're putting out and happier to consume other people as brands rather than as a thing they've made right, right? yes like, yeah, yeah. and this is an you know it feels like this is an encounter like a walking tour of Hideo Kojima's <laughs> personal brand yeah and that's put, put forward at a point where he's gone indie yeah and it's a statement I guess and it's you know and that is kind of fascinating as a use of games the reason I still uh, I contend that it's I don't know this is the thing like the transactional nature of it did I agree to this <laughs> because I I paid 50 pounds does that mean that I owe him something or he owes me something <laughs> like and, and I you know and then and is it reductive of me to say I kind of paid 50 quid because I wanted to experience the game systems and this meandering cutscene is not what I'm interested in and I would like to move on you know, is that not fair? Like in a film, you, I'm, you know, I don't know, the transactional element of it. If, if I see a self-indulgent film, even if it's two and a half hours long, mm. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I know I when I'm going to be let
1: CES, out. I think what CEX is for. Like, I don't know. I think that kind of, I mean, certainly, I mean, obviously, you know, you're being rhetorical and you know, like, exactly what fucking Hideo Kojima game is going to be serving up, you know? Right. But, um, but like that, you know, in the way that, you know, you go to a film and the film will play and you either like it or you don't and you can walk out any time and that's your agency, you know. Um, I think that the the your agency, your pure, your only agency with Death Stranding is CEX, whether you take it back there or not.
0: Yeah, right. Maybe, but like... I feel like people don't. You're have to on walk the fucking
1: roller coaster. Well,
0: like, no, but I'm, I'm not. I'm pushing it. the roller coaster up the incline. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm literally the roller coaster car is on my back, and I'm wobbly walking <laughs> up oh my this God, hill. There's
1: another thing going on in here. <laughs> you are the gig economy person. You are having yeah. to do the work.
3: Yeah,
0: to I've played game. I've paid it for a job, yeah. and that is what games are at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I play Destiny, and that is a job I've volunteered for basically i want that undying title it's taking fucking ages play a lot of x offensive anyway the point is like the thing i feel like i find it very frustrating because i don't know at what point i've lapsed into like i feel like in one one i'm on this wobbly path and in one way i fall over and i realize that uh, the game is genius all along and i am a uh, a, like a, you know, a brutish idiot that can't understand it and is now barely scraping it its deeper meaning. And then the other side of the path is, oh no, I'm just apologizing for something where the person who becomes, someone becomes president and he says, yes, Samantha America. <laughs> <laughs> Strand. Like, oh, America was her middle name this entire time.
1: <laughs> Isn't America the country? Yeah, the company. She no, be- Bridges Samantha- is the company.
0: <laughs> she should be America now anyway i don't know actually no shit maybe her middle name is america because she's the president i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the point is like it feels like yeah one 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 side is i must defend this because of my sunk cost and the (laughs) other side of it is i'm now apologizing for it or like or it actually is genius and i'm only capable i don't i don't know i think i think you've stressful. only
1: played three hours i think that's what i know because like yeah because watching so rich Danton was giving a sort of like an occasional commentary on a, on a whatsapp group post, on and, and like he was like i fucking hate it <laughs> uh to start with and then he came around and said yes excellent it's bloody excellent <laughs> later <laughs> on i don't know when that happened or why he may have written a review now i'm not sure but anyway uh, I mean, I can, yeah. I don't, all you got to do is put another 40 hours or so. I into know.
0: And I'm probably going to as well. That's the thing. I'm fascinated yeah. by it. it. Definitely. It is fascinated with itself as a piece of media. And that is, uh, you know, easy to mock and fun to mock. Mm. How that's much, the you, end of that sentence, like, how
2: much it, intentionality do you think there is in this? Is it a piece of high art about low art in the way that like, uh, Pop artists like Jeff Coons's stuff, or What's he or other? even even Quentin Tarantino when yeah. he's writing, you know, doing stuff about Planet Terror, you know, whatever the his trash B movie pastiches. Because I've always felt watching those things, it would be interesting to make high art about good art <laughs> rather than high art yeah. about trash.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's not a lot that's trashy necessarily about huh. death stranding right like it takes well, itself it's fairly trashy yeah it takes itself very se- seriously but even like the pre the end like the the monsters from the beyond kind of stuff hmm. is like it's it's solid horror design right but the like, dumb
2: names the the obvious tie-ins oh with, yeah with
0: energy drinks
2: and the name dropping all that stuff is trash right i mean yeah not, not to diss it but just like to you know take its temperature on on the, the, on way the scale I would of, put that
0: is it is its own unique trash right right like this is
1: new trash we're witnessing yeah it's like Uh. yeah it's
0: new trash um it's like if this is why it's hard because it's not really referential to anything right it's not like games have a Hmm. slew of um you know silly names or actor cameos elsewhere not to the sort of endemic proportions that this is taking it right right like maybe there's a it feels like maybe someone on the team thinks there is but it's like maybe it's parodying if if it is
2: parodying its own hideo kojima games right isn't it but that or is it? Is that, can you do no,
1: that? No, it is.
0: It is. Like, it just is. Mm. And also
1: it is. And, and it's like, don't
0: know. But like, what, where do you draw that line back to? Yeah. The Big Bang. Exactly. Like, <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. um, it's all, uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Like, <laughs> Star Wars prequels would be the other comparison I draw here, actually. Oh. In terms of one creator just allowed to tool around. Mm. Um, I, I like um,
1: Star Wars 3.2
0: that's just come out. Oh, God. I've latest
1: update is and a, and a happy, fascinating and a
0: happy McClunky to you,
1: <laughs> to and you. A happy
0: McClunky to you have you not heard this Marsh?
2: no i don't know what the fuck you're talking about so
0: this is um the best thing that's ever happened and we can start talking about death stranding now because this is the best thing that's ever happened um so disney plus launched yesterday. yes uh everywhere except in uh, in well in north america and the netherlands anywhere where uh comcast i believe can't force disney to not launch it
1: hang on a minute it's not so disney plus isn't in america
0: it's in america North. it's not here right. It's in America and Uh. Canada. Um, and they launched it and, um, uh, they, and then the first person to watch a new hope, all the Star Wars movies are on it. And as you'd expect, uh, the first person to watch a new hope realized that it's actually a new cut of that film where George Lucas had changed it one final time. And the only change is, uh, to the Han shoots Greedo scene Mm -hmm. where it's been recut again. So they shoot at the same time, but now right before he fires, you know the line previously was, you know, he says in like Huties with the yellow subtitles like, you know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Well and then he and then and then you know Harrison Ford says, Yes, I bet you have and then shoots him, and then they changed it so that Greedo tries to shoot Han and then gets shot and so on. Right. Now Greedo there's just an awkward pause. Greedo says, McClunky. Very clearly. Very clearly. Fully enunciated. What? <laughs> McClunky. 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 McClunky and gets shot and died right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a measurable McClunkey. improvement someone <laughs> version 3.2 yeah. uh, I, I was arguing like that Star Wars needs patch notes like right. at this point like Return of the Jedi you know 1.3 Nain Nom is now a child's shiny party balloon yeah. <laughs> like the Millennium Falcon successfully flies backwards up of the Death Star like, <laughs> like um, you know it's but like I, I love, it cause, well, it, it was slightly rude for me, cause initially it was just this, it's this pure nothing thing. <laughs> like, it's, this is art. This is art. Right? Like, that for me was like, I, I've spent a lot of my life sad about changes that have been made to those films, mm. and annoyed at the prequels generally, and, and, you know, wanting Lucas specifically just take his hands off this thing he made, and other people are good at making it, other people are always good at making it, cause, I mean, it's an interesting comparison, because you talk about, you know, Kojima and Joji Shinakawa are kind of arriving as a pair and delivering something that has a very specific feel. Same is true of George Lucas and, and Ralph McQuarrie, without whom Star Wars would not look anything like it does and probably not be anywhere near as successful. Or George Lucas and John Williams, mm. where if Star Wars had had the kind of soundtrack that these films got in the 70s, I don't think anyone would care right like mm. it's timelessness is a direct product of the music anyway I'm rambling the point is I was like annoyed at this forever and now that he's done this one stupid pointless fucking thing it's now art <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, the rubber nosed alien dude is just gonna go McClunky and then die <laughs> There's a really good, someone, I think the person who found it did a really good edit to just stick that in other parts of the film. So now right when Obi-Wan raises his lightsaber and deactivates it, he goes, McClungie. <laughs> and Yoda kind of whispers, McClunky right before he disappears. Very good. Um, I do kind of love it a lot, a lot, a lot. It was slightly ruined for me by someone pointing out uh, from the Star Wars fandom uh, that the phrase, like, Makluenge or something is Hattie's for, and now you will end. Um and it actually occurs oh, in The Phantom God Menace.
1: For fuck's sake. Oh, really?
0: In the pod race apparently. Mm. So Bulba yells it at Anakin.
1: Oh for Christ's so sake. Now Luke, it's not art, I'm sorry. Now that's it's not, not art. now it's
0: not art, cause it's just Jojuga's going okay.
1: like... Oh, there's consistency <laughs> it would be
0: here. If, uh, <laughs> if it was, it mir- it's like poetry. Um yeah, it's, mm. but, uh, nonetheless. Aww. But, it is a beautiful moment. of like you had a few hours to, of delight how to completely ruin a moment because now it's like they've they've done this snap they've, they've kind of cut so they've edited it they looks like they've edited an explosion to cut the violence of the scene short a little bit greedo clearly shoots the wall like directly at point blank range <laughs> well I, and they've just added this sound like this non this unword that doesn't sound like the language he was just speaking but yeah it's definitely not english but it's close enough to english to be like it's, it's McClunky. Like he, just, <laughs> he, just, he says McClunky fucks up and then gets shot in the dick and dies, and it's hmm. it's kind of it's just a, it's a I didn't know it's a feeling I didn't know how to express until that happened. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, can I stop talking about the the, the stream of consciousness now? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Thank you may. Right. What has anyone else been playing?
1: Me? <laughs> yes. Uh, I've been playing. uh Strangely, it does have some sort of illusional well a kind of relationship with kind of some of the things uh manifold garden oh, yeah, yeah. by William cheer, mm. um, which is a puzzle game first person puzzle game uh, which has been in development for years and 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 years like is i don't know two thousand thirteen I started seeing stuff fourteen maybe um it is uh like it's banner thing is that you are in these worlds with all this endlessly reciprocating fractal blocks going out into sort of infinity. Um, and somehow there's a puzzle game inside that about infinity and stuff like that. I feared. Um, I didn't, I didn't really read very much about what the actual game is. Mm. Other than to know that it's the first person puzzle game and like, you know, and to wonder vaguely like how, what, what do you do? And like, oh God, it looks awfully complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. Um, and I suppose that it sort of occupied this sort of, uh, sort of, oh, maybe it's amazing kind of part of my mind before I knew what the actual puzzle gaming is. And, and actually the, the puzzle thing is quite straightforward <laughs> like you've got these incredibly like just incredible worlds where this architecture just sort of repeats off into the sort of infinity but actually what you're doing is putting blocks on other b- blocks with the same color on them uh oh. so the little lines power lines kind of you follow the power line does it engage the color the, thing
2: the fractal shape of the landscape at all so just-
1: so the fractal landscape it like to be fair it does relates to the game in as much as gravity you know the the key kind of uh mechanic is really that while you're picking up blocks and putting down blocks in kind of you know classic sort of um uh, first person puzzle game kind of kind of parlance uh you uh you're changing gravity you can go up to a wall and you can hold down a button and you will flip so that you're now walking on the wall and and The side is now down. Mm. Right. And there are other things, depending on their color, which will, which, uh, which have gravity according to that direction, that kind of, Mm. if you fall off an object, the fractal, infinite fractal thing is actually a way of making sure you don't fall off into infinity. Like you don't, you'll fall back down to where you were because (laughs) you will just sort of loop through kind of, Fractal land, huh. and you'll just come back down to earth again. There's
2: no way you can jump off at an angle where you can fall infinitely. Then.
1: Uh, no, well yes, you you, mean, you you can fall for long distances because you've got a certain amount of steer when you're in the air. Oh, I see. So right. basically you jump off, off of surface and you'll see the surface that you're already standing off below you. Yeah. And you can, Fall down onto it, or you can steer yourself away uh, from it. And there are occasions where you'll want to do that because there are platforms above mm, you. Right, you're like I'll jump off and then I'll end up up there, sort huh. of thing. Um, and it's not kind of in your in, in your face about that kind of thing. It's just a an, a fairly evident thing that that you learn very early on huh. that is just a fact about this universe. And it's kind of elegant. And while the puzzle design itself is sort of more straightforward than i was kind of maybe dreaming of maybe mm. i don't I'm not sure i was hoping for it to be more complicated than that i'm actually somewhat relieved <laughs> some of the magic <laughs> of the game has kind of gone because right. like yeah i'm putting the color on the color thing and now the door is opened because i put the two color things on the color things you know mm. um but there are cool little sort of emergent puzzles from that and nicely the puzzles do emerge from this set of rules about Colours being assigned uh, gravitational directions. So for instance, so perhaps you have a block and you can pick up this block and you need to put it so that it's touching a colour sort of knob that's on the wall opposite you. If you put it against that wall, it's going to fall to your feet. So how do you do that? Well, you can put a, if you switch gravity, so you're, so now the the colour palette panel that you need to put that thing on is at your feet. You can get a block from that gravitational plane Uh and use that place that down switch back to the other one and now that thing is locked in place and it's now a step that you can place your block on Mm. like if that makes sense yeah yeah. Yeah. um so there are little things like that and like it is elegantly kind of unfurling from that point there are some points where it's a very spatial puzzle where you're trying to work out other times you are kind of yeah you're you're doing smaller scale little puzzles like that where you've got a certain number of little moving things and you've got to figure out how to get up a staircase because you can't jump in the game so you you've got to figure out how to get onto the first step which is now so then do I go onto the ceiling and then fall from there but then how do I fall you know hmm. it's 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 elegant like that and there are no tutorials or anything and that's sort of you know it's definitely a um and you know like a a, a you know it 's a post witness game very post witness kind of puzzle game mm-hmm. where everything kind of naturalistically kind of unfurls without tutorial um and like it's it's cool and it's very beautiful and very you know you can walk out into an area and i don 't know how technically it works, in fact no I do know actually <laughs> so so basically you you walk it's, there are no loading screens or anything like that so you're walking through and you're walking from a tower which infinitely stretches up and, th- and then you walk through some corridors and now you're in this kind of bizarre kind of halo style kind of um geometric sort of pyramid world which kind of you know these patterns that endlessly go on and then you walk through there and down there and then well, which way is up and oh my god we're going through all these tunnels and hmm. now you're in this kind of open space and like how the hell does all this fit together and you know, how do you design a world like this? But then, so I've been playing it, um, through Apple Arcade on my iPad and, um, and, and like there are some little bugs where actually like it's working on portals and you go through a door and like there's one bit where the portal was not working very well and it was like flicking between the two worlds and it nearly made my brain die. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like it's technically. Very clever. You don't really see these joins, you know. Huh. I think that was just a kind of a balls up just there on my iPad. But it's stunning, and the color schemes, the colors are useful as well. Like if you haven't, if if you you if you're listening and you've heard of it, then you instantly have a picture of this world. It's got these amazing pastel color schemes, and it has this trick of um, using gradients from the bottom of the screen to to the top, so that You kind of have this beautiful graded image, Mm. which is very atmospheric, but it also uses color to define the gravitational direct, like planes, I would call them, about which wall you're walking on. Mm. Like, and which really gives you this shorthand for, uh, this block is affected by that orientation and that block is by that. And you know, there's loads of elegant stuff about it. Like it's clearly a game that's been in development for as long as it has like by a single person pretty much I believe mm. Mm. but um yeah it's on Epic Store not Steam um but it's also on Apple Arcade if anyone subscribes that
2: hmm that sounds really good I'm itching for a new puzzle game
1: yeah we good it's um yeah and it, do you know that you know that puzzle game thing where you kind of walk into a new puzzle and you start to feel panic as you kind of like oh, mm. how am I going to remember all this these moving pieces and and like in this one like you don't even know what fucking like it's this have i been down this corridor before like and how does this connect to that bit but it you realize there are all these little elegant little things that sort of make sure you're walking along the right way and Hmm. i don't know quite all of the tricks it does but sometimes it's like color power lines that you can know that you can follow and you're okay this is connects to that and then Um, and then you realize this shear just, you can work it out geometrically in some cases. Like there's this pyramid, but it's not a pyramid as you realize you're on a tetrahedron. Mm. (laughs) Are those two, is that a tetrahedron? Like two kind of pyramids connected together, touching
0: together? Uh, like it's a D8. That's all I know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're on a D8, but you don't really realize that. And then you kind of think, Christ, but then I'm changing like the orientation of the gravity. Which bit am I on? And I know that I've got to light all of these up and therefore... And then you realise, oh, they're all nicely coloured in. I know mm. exactly what's going on now. Because it's in my head what colour shape is.
3: Mm.
2: Good. very really satisfying. Yeah. Cute. I will cool. play it, Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> what did you play? Um,
1: so you I'm, wouldn't tell us earlier on.
2: Uh, it's because I've been playing an erotic horror game. Oh, yeah. God,
1: not again. <laughs> Called... Lust from
2: Beyond Lust Steam wanted me to play this Colon Prologue Probably because I've been playing it Right Are
0: we Steam Good friends? Good job Steve Algorithm Steve Algorithm Steve Algorithm Steve Algorithm's done it again <laughs> <laughs> Making me look at Marty's grot uh. <laughs> Well, actually, I became self-conscious after I
2: played it and tried to hide it from my uh, Steam uh, library, which is successful. But I don't know if other players can still see that I played it. it
0: didn't it didn't say anything to that effect? It just um, he's like, been up the like, grot it again. Was like, it was in my like you know queue of like sometimes I look at that oh, look right. for games. I tell you one thing I've realized recently because. There's a lot of sex games on Steam now. Yeah. And they'll crop up in, like, the top selling and things every now and then. Mm. And I, for ages, I was like, God, same couple of friends own all of these. Has this just identified all of, like, my <laughs> <crop> horniest friends? Right? <laughs> and then I realized, no, if you have a press account, you own them. What? oh really yeah
2: I didn't that didn't no really... you
1: have to you have to you have to well, sleep. Oh, specifically so, well, that <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Occam's
0: razor it was it was people who I knew had press accounts so I assumed it was because they had press accounts so therefore uh-huh. it, they would own everything
2: mm. uh-uh. okay it's Occam's well, suspiciously no placed crumpled sock by the end of the bed <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, so the, um, the game, uh, has Occam, a. Sockum, robot, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are apparently no limits to the Dark Ecstasy, as the, uh, the uh,
0: Steam, uh, uh <sighs> Steam subtitle goes. Hmm. I thought, I, I, I discovered that there were limits to the Dark Ecstasy when I was 26. But, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Um,
2: well, can I have some more wine? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, this I don't um, I don't play a lot of the erotic games on Steam because they all seem to be for panty sniffing weebos. Um, can you can, before it's you? True. D- why? Why did it I? it? Doesn't play?
1: seem like it like is a little a bit my, game,
2: my wheelhouse. But I mean, um, in, in my defence, this is the prologue, so it's free. And uh it's short, so I knew that on this particularly time-sensitive week, I could form an opinion on it quite quickly. <laughs> and I have.
0: <laughs> um, I have to admit, when it showed up, I watched the trailer, because you are right, it doesn't look like any other erotic game, because it's like a uh, first-person Lovecraftian horror It's erotica. basically layers
2: of fear, but with sort of mechanically fucking dead-eyed poser models uh, periodically appearing in it. But <laughs> actually, uh, the, my opinion on it isn't all negative. Um, it's, I mean, one of the reasons I feel I can admit to playing it is because, uh, it's, it's not a shitty cartoon for one thing with boobs, which just seems like if, if you want to go and jerk off, there's loads of porn on the internet. It's not hard to find. You don't need to play like some fucking mosaic game on Steam Anyway, um it's a thrill of the mosaic chase, for some <laughs> it? I I find mosaics <laughs> but, quite
1: erotic. Anyway, <laughs> Dude,
2: this has got quite high production values as you say, it's like a first person game and there's it's fully voice acted. The voice acting is surprisingly good. Um and it's uh, inspired by the artwork of Geiger and a guy whose name I've only ever read, uh <laughs> which is apparently according to dot name.com Gishwav Bekshiniski. <laughs> Uh-huh. who is a, a really good Polish illustrator with a fucking tragic life and end of life story that you should read on Wikipedia no, if no, you no, want no. to feel Talk, pretty bad about tell it please oh his wife died and his son committed suicide and then he was stabbed to death by the son of his landlord for not giving the son of his landlord a hundred quid or a hundred Jesus um, dollars anyway anyway um, but he's really good as a writer. Was um, with lots of. Uh, I mean, I, I think it would appeal to your cosmic horror sensibilities. Yeah, that's what I mean. I saw the like. There's, mm. there's like, a, there's a lot of stuff to mine there. Like, I mean, Geiger is uh, you know horror, sex basically, yeah. and cosmic horror has a lot to do with kind of the id and those kind of primal urges,
0: Um which could be explored in an interesting way potentially. Yeah, and, and horror like horror is sexy all the time. Yeah. Like, games don't go there because games struggle with sex for a bunch of reasons. Some of them good, but, like, you know, like, I don't know, the alien's a big dick. Yeah. I mean, that's alien. Yeah, right? that's alien. <laughs> as they say at the end of Alien. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also, the game positions you as, as a cultist who's already mm. involved in this cult. Um, and, Having just watched, in fact, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which touches on the Manson mm. family, I was kind of interested in... I'm kind of interested in in the world of Lovecraft, as told from the perspective of the cultists. Could you see these kind of grotty little fishermen, and you think, why did you get into this thing? <laughs> you know, what, was, what was the kind of thing that sold you on it? It's the gig economy. <laughs> it's the gig economy. <laughs> but actually, so this, this sets it up with... Um, I mean, you have to kind of go around this, this mansion and at the beginning it's, an, 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 you know, it's not a, it's not a horror setup initially and you can go around and look at, you know, there's letters lying around and you can kind of build up their story of the world. And it's quite interesting actually how, I mean, uh, they've gone to some lengths to describe your situation as, as a, a basically a, a gullible idiot who has been isolated from his own family and, and sort of sucked into this cult. Um, it's actually set now. Huh. Um, which you wouldn't guess from the trailer, which looks no, like the 1920s. Mm. And in fact, one of the kind of prohibitions of the cult is that you're not allowed to have any modern devices on you. And and so it's actually all of the kind of horror trappings, the self-imposed, or I the like haunted mansion as,
0: as a idea. It's yeah. quite
2: cute. Yeah, I think it's, and everybody has a, a different takes on a different name as they they get indoctrinated into this cult. But and so that, that kind of stuff is quite interesting. But <clears throat> it doesn't really. Uh, m- maybe it's because it's a prologue, and it's probably like a vertical slice, essentially, to kind of you know talk to publishers and, and mm-hmm. uh, potential buyers. But it, it it gets it gets weird too quickly for that <laughs> setup to really work because almost within a minute of the, into the game, you're sort of confronted by this giant gangly creature with uh, sort of a dozen baby arms that emerge from this vaginal rupture which stretches down its entire torso in a hallway made of ribcages. And, you know, A, that's not that sexy and probably you wouldn't hang around that long in the cocks after that
0: point. You can't open with the genital (laughs) Shoggoth. No. That's one of the first tenets of any kind of um, horror writing. Yeah, it is, yeah. But it I mean... You have to dance around a campfire once yeah. before you can get to
2: that. But not only is, is you know, a dozen baby-armed vaginal you, gangly uh, creatures... Is it
1: attacking you or is it, it attacks trying you, to yeah. talk to
2: you? Yeah, it attacks you and it hurts you almost immediately in the but, game. So, so what's, see, what's the bite. setting?
1: Like, are you, like, just going about your business as a cultist? Or have you kind of gone into the house and you shouldn't be there? So, um... Are you delivering something?
2: No, you, you're a fallen cultist and you're indoctrinated and you have a dream in which this creature invades your dream and hurts you and then you wake up and then the game essentially begins. That's um, hmm. it. But like, uh, it's out of the gate. I mean, I mean, if you're into a sex cult that is not a sexy thing to happen to you and you would probably leave the cult. I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. People are into all kinds of things, but that seems pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Sounds like something Slanesh would do. It is. But also, in, in <laughs> yeah, but Slanesh is actually kind of... We'll get into this. It's kind of legit sexy <laughs> in a weird way. Okay, well, It's we'll not a qu- crab, anyway. <laughs> it's, it's the crabs for me. We'll, we'll get into that. But, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. but actually, this game is, I think, weirdly, despite all of its kind of marketing and the fact it's obviously intentionally trying to put itself in the adult section of Steam, mm. it's not actually that sexy, even in its supposedly quote-unquote sexy parts. Like, partly because of that's the, the fidelity of it, you know, these rotting poser models just aren't you know they just they can't <laughs> they can't do the job uh and there's a weird issue with penis collision anyway but they, but also the, the characters are kind of like oh in, intentionally non porny like they aren't yeah. designed to be beautiful buxom young wenches as you might find in some of the other kind of is porn this games is this Steam. a kind of like a right well i guess what you're saying a is, woman
1: just- film. is this a woman gazy game. No, I mean, it's, it's male gazing and there's, uh, I, sorry, I, I, that's, I totally phrased that wrong. I mean, you, <laughs> it's designed for sort of, sort well, of it sounds to look like at it's women doing sex. Is uh, well, it's, it's a mixture. There's oh, gay sex, a there's, uh,
2: uh sex w- with people who have two heads. I mean, I uh, at yeah, that right. point, you know, it really doesn't
0: matter. Um, it's, uh, they never had any complaints. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the, there's, um, I was going to say it sounds like it's not intended to necessarily be titillating is I, that the point like because that would be that would be the like,
2: I mean it definitely the brave isn't Rubicon for
0: sexy games right it would be like it's not trying you know it
2: isn't titillating
0: okay but is it not trying to be because that's a
2: but also I d- well I, it's hard to say like I mean I think it misfires if it is because
0: <laughs> you're amazing you're just gonna
1: there's no 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 avoiding so you're saying it's, it's
0: sort of it, it um expended its most striking image too soon. <laughs> it, it did, <laughs> yes. Um
2: is I mean I think it misunderstands Geiger because a lot of it is geigeresque and when you go in you go into this other realm and it's basically all kind of mm. uh, gloopy geiger-like spaceship level with uh, with kind of giant penis plants that whip at you and slick looking openings. But the the thing is that isn't in a, in itself Sexy. I don't think Geiger is intending to be sexy. It's intending to be sexual. And Mm. Geiger is about making the sexual horrific rather than trying to make the horrific sexy. Yeah. I think more so anyway. I think it's... It's about the horror of bodies, about the horror of reproduction. Alien is all about being impregnated and this thing living within you... Uh, and it's about consent and and all these things which can be really troubling I mean yes it's about sex but it's about all the most troubling terrifying aspects of sex and those are fundamentally the aspects that don't encourage people to join
0: cults I think probably I, I I suppose the counterpoint to that would be that I would argue that the other side of Geiger is that it's about kind of exposing part of the horror of it is exposing or trying to kind of you know create physically through art like a sense of some of the kind of grotesque aspects of sex. The fact that you can sort of expose the, the you know, the grotesque and the bizarre and take it to, yeah. you know, take it to 11 on a bunch of different things. And the fact that it can still have some kind of powerful sexuality to it that mm. can be compelling, even if it's as it's horrifying. Like the point is not to be repulsed by it. The point is to be kind of drawn in and repulsed at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And that is, you know, like there, there is a, there was a, uh, a, an article written by a dude, obviously, and I can't remember where it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, and he got roundly dunked on on Twitter because he did this study, uh, uh based on nothing as far as I could tell, which, which proved that, uh, women find traditional monsters attractive like vampires. Oh yes. Whereas yeah. men <clears throat> will, will attempt to mount anything. <laughs> um and, oh, heterosexual <laughs> men at least. And, and it was, and it was his, his, uh, the, he was ratioed Um, to uh, a degree usually reserved, you know, for, well, let's not go there. But, you know, I mean, like, it didn't go well. And it was, you know, it was because people find horror compelling and find monsters compelling Mm. in in a bunch of ways because it's uncomfortable and sexy and powerful, you know, relationships between power and sex and all of these different things. What I'm saying is there's material there that could be leveraged Mm. more deliberately by the right game because you don't have to try. People will write this about your game even if you weren't intending it. Right. Like a challenge you to find the monster from a video game that hasn't had erotic fan fiction oh, written about it. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, I'm off piece. But yeah.
2: well, no, no, I think that's that's exactly pertinent. And what I was going to say, I mean, when you brought up Slanesh is I think that's actually kind of uh, walks that line a lot more kind of. smartly in Hmm. that you can see why people became slanish cultists because they they began with their ordinary urges and those urges became something amplified and kind of yeah yeah well
0: yeah it's like it's a you know it's kind of a metaphor for addiction basically it's like i can no longer be satisfied by this amount, but you don't of the dark ecstasy. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> out of the gate, end up in uh, Geiger Dick Plantsville. Really, when it comes to these, no. Films. I, I still least, think yeah.
1: that I th- if if you, if this game had sort of given you like some idea of the advertising that this cult had been putting out in local papers yeah. and things like that, and like, oh, you know. <laughs> just like some of the like little you know round group kind of sessions that they kind of you know well, introduced your, you your with your character according to the that backstory would be
2: anyway the character is, is sucked into it due to his uh by a honey trap essentially he has an affection for one of the other cultists and she sort of lures him into it and so that is you know that i can mm. i can see that as a kind of but it needs to do more, more work on that on that side of stuff in order to set up that you would ever remain in
1: i think this, also perhaps. like i mean as you were saying about geiger and like if you're going to do geiger-y stuff, stuff like you can't not be you know play around with the as chris was saying the kind of like the appealing the repulsiveness and also the attractiveness of the yeah stubborn. it feels like because otherwise you're gonna go, ah, it's just a fucking pulp shit game
0: it, it feels like the yeah. purpose of that stuff is to play chicken with you right like when are you going to flinch because it's not whereas mm-hmm. i guess if it throws it in your face straight away you don't really have a choice right like it's just like oh yeah yeah but
2: also because and geiger is so overused in video games as elsewhere as mm. as as pure horror really i mean those environments feel on you know almost entirely like horror environments rather than anything else there's no mm. kind of deeper complexity to them and you know yes okay so there's a big thrashing thing that looks like a
0: dick but i mean that by itself it's is just not not <laughs> a really be like gordon freeman calmly activate the rocket booster <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes But what do you uh, Like what do you do With the monsters Like do you just fight them is No no
2: you uh, So there's no combat In the game You have to sort of Avoid them really snog them
1: What if you snog them uh, Is I, there no I, way To snog stuff I don't think Why the a hell In this sex it. game Is there no way To snog stuff Edge snog
0: strikes again
1: yeah. you do, What if what, what if we could Snog the monsters <laughs> Actually,
0: yeah. I'd rather talk This
2: evening darling <laughs> I think you put your hand into some kind of grotty looking orifices but I mean that's about it. Interestingly though there are kind of scenes in it which um dis- which despite being uh involving uh these sort of slightly uh rigid looking low fidelity models probably would be banned if they were in a film almost certainly would be banned if they were in a film. Why? uh um, non-explicit sexual violence, I would say, would be oh, the reason. But yeah. I mean, just thinking about what kinds of things, uh, the BBFC regularly censors, I mm. think they, they would run afoul of that. But maybe because- Does
1: it feel gross in, in the game, as, it, as it's, well, it works in the game?
2: Um if they were depicted in film, as they are in the game, it would be banned. But I mean, I- No, don't no, what did,
1: but what, did you, what was your reaction to it? I mean... I mean, did I, you think... Ooh, this is horrible.
2: Yeah, and I made mean, some, one of them made me feel uncomfortable, but in, in, uh, not a horror way, but in a, mm. Yeah, yeah. that's what of. I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not sure this is, uh, uh, this is good media sort of way, but maybe that's an interesting reaction. I don't know. probably sound like not it. I mean, it's quite common. <laughs> no, it's quite an easy reaction, I think, to, to go, go, go bad wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. Bad wrong or good wrong? Bad, bad wrong. wrong. Yeah. But, so. If it's not really, if it doesn't really explore sex in, or, mm. you know, sexuality, Geiger, whatever, in a particularly interesting way, and it's also not of itself, ex- you know, expressly titillating, and it doesn't really explore the idea of cults or being a cult member, I don't really know why the game exists in this way. Like, I mean, mm. it could be just like a, you know, um, a walking simulator with jump scares, which is what layers of fear is. But obviously this is about market positioning to some extent, right. I think. Mm. And uh, I don't know, <clears throat> you you and I uh, have been having a recent conversation about uh, the number of games there are and the way that the <laughs> things are polarised in the market mm. so that uh, in order to be noticed, you need to be doing something interesting mm-hmm. or possibly just uh, deeply weird. And I wonder
1: if this is just ways this is a, like an expression of that or like an artifact mm. of that
0: yeah yeah it's interesting to, to locate like you know so if the i, I suspect that the the, the 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 adult games or the sexual themes tag on steam is uh, a cesspit of shovelware and opportunistic stuff it is yeah. but that there's a probably a successfully identify an untapped market in being the least shovel-weary thing in there yeah, yeah I think right? that's exactly what they're going for yeah doing it good which is interesting like you know it's you know people use that data to identify hmm. needs basically so, so yeah. are, are
1: you proposing a new wing of the great and crowbar the <laughs> the, 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 the sexy game making crowbar bar? are
0: you saying we make them or we review them we make them <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Chris's face was a picture there. My, there you didn't know why. Chris's face went to. Ooh, what would I make? No, no, not just, that. Just like um, <laughs> a man who is literally partly respond like who has had to read COPA legislation in the last year <laughs> considers this prospect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. But nonetheless i think it's fascinating though the this you know the emergence of it because it feels like you know it there will be more adult games and steam providing a platform for them to be sold will both create them but it's also a response to it's like it's a chicken and egg thing but that trend was going to happen regardless it was going to happen somewhere yeah. Yeah.
2: Right? i'm glad you picked a reproductive uh metaphor there but yeah, i didn't mean to <laughs> um so yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what, uh, horny man bread making Bombay has been playing this week. <laughs> that's where you got that horny name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They know. Yeah. They know. Shall we do some questions? Yeah, seamless. The ones that come from questions. Do you remember when that was said for the first time? Might have been the first episode. I think it was. We should ask Kane. Hmm, or you? ourselves who were there. <laughs> was it I you, don't remember Martin? anything about last week. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Was it you? Oh, it was probably, mm. as with the mispronunciation. Well, I of think, the I think
0: thanks, thanks for listening is you. Yeah. I think questions from questions was Graham. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make a wild guess because we, it came from the fact we used to say questions from Twitter on the PC gamer podcast. Ooh. And with the crate and crowbar, we introduced questions from emails and someone panicked. At the threat of inaccuracy, <laughs> I would note, for anyone who's ever criticised a journalist. And um, and immediately just said something stupid instead. Mm. I would also note, for anyone who's ever criticised a journalist. Uh, our first question
3: Wait,
2: from Questions yeah, comes from Daniel, question writer. He writes in his question, Dear Id and Ego Bar, tremendous work on the 300 episodes... At two hours on average, that's 600 hours or 25 full days of podding. A sincere thank you to everyone on continuing to walk the tightrope of thoughtful, silly and drunk in equal measure. Disco Elysium style, each contributor to the podcast represents a facet of the podcast's overall personality. Who is which facet? Cheers, Daniel. And he says, P.S. I've just joined the Patreon to celebrate the 300th episode, having been a malingering freeloader up until now. Sorry.
0: That's Thanks very one. much. Thank
2: you very much. Thanks very much.
1: Oh,
0: I know. Uh, who are you, Alex? Shivers. you Shivers. Oh, so you're actually doing the actual, um, the Disco Elysium ones. Well,
1: I thought that was a question. Mm. Was it?
0: Did well, it's a, fast of the podcast's overall personality. So uh, it okay. depends
2: whether the podcast has, uh, a shivers as it's amongst its stats. I think
0: if I was going to go Center with City. the actual Disco Elysium ones, uh, I would be drama.
1: <laughs> yeah. was exactly what I thought. Yeah. Um if I if I was
0: going to go with a kind of new set just for the podcast, I would go with uh Mounting Desire to Overshare. <laughs> <laughs> Marsh. Well, there isn't a
2: personality subset for drawing goblin dicks. So, I mean, that's like 99% of my person.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm afraid I've got apologetic already, so... Oh, yeah. Um, So, hang on,
0: (laughs) we're going for the skills,
2: though. (laughs) Oh, for skills? Oh, I don't know. I'd I'd like to think it was empathy or something high-minded, but it probably is just something grotty, isn't it? Grubby. (laughs) Uh,
0: Is is there an electrochemistry for goblin dicks. <laughs> <laughs> there should be. Yeah, there yeah. Be. It's basically yeah,
1: like you try to go through life without drawing a giant, great big graffiti goblin dick mm. and then you get laid off the force as a result. <laughs> yeah. In <Yeah>. Dixo Elisei. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: are we going to uh, try to attempt this for the other contributions? Oh,
2: Tom Senior. I mean, his uh, uh, public transport outburst surely deserves some sort <laughs> of... Uh, that was a
0: Disco Elysium fail, as we understand it. Like, Yeah. Um, esprit
1: going on public transport.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: He's probably right now shouting at somebody on public transport. That's why
0: he couldn't make it to this podcast. Somebody yeah. summoned him. He said he's sick. Yeah, he's esprit de bus or something. Sick like, travelling. <laughs> uh, Tom Francis. Hmm. I mean, very logical. Yeah, it might just be logic. <laughs>
2: I mean, he literally did a degree
0: in that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's like, a, you know, a, a, the first 10 minutes of podcast, logic, last 10 minutes of podcast, <laughs> electrochemistry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, let's think. Like Graham. Uh, Graham. Is hmm. there a
1: stoicism? It's, yeah. Like he's sort of the watcher of the gray wall. Mm. Implacable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Bare skin, robed. <laughs> uh,
0: his tousled
1: hair, <laughs> frost catching
0: yes. his beard as he stares north. Um,
2: That's a personality type. I think we've done that. Yeah,
0: um, Pip. Nothing chaos. 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 Yeah, chaos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: yeah. What is yeah. the what is the one that generates? It's Inland Empire, the one that generates strange random internal Yeah, force. Inland Empire. She is yeah. Inland Empire yeah. queen. Inland <laughs> <laughs> Empire. Yeah. I'd play that game. I live there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look how much. Look how much fun.
2: Uh, shall I continue? Yeah. Uh, Tasha writes, Hey, I've recently discovered your little gray cells podcast and was mm. sad to see there are no more posts after season two, episode one.
0: Am I missing something or was the podcast discontinued? Please say no. Thank you, Tasha. So, uh, we, yeah, we get this a lot now, which, and which is lovely and also kind of, uh, makes me feel bad, but so there's every desire to bring uh, little gray cells back at some point. The issue we hit was, was basically just energy levels, basically. Uh, we had a of momentum for it and then, you know, recently moved house and things. The current plan is that we're going to look into trying to buck out some time to record a whole bunch of them and then put them out over time. Sweet. Rather than sort of uh hang it on the whole, can we find an evening for it this week thing? But yeah, like, um, without prefiguring a later question, way more people have come up to me at random about Little Grey Cells than this podcast or anything Mm. else I've ever done. So
2: presuming Tasha doesn't listen to this podcast. So maybe we should just reply to redundant. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll just
0: reply in other ways. But, but nonetheless, I have the question enough that it's worth saying, Mm. I would love to do little gray cells again, but it's just a question of energy levels and time basically. So hopefully a bit later in this mad year. Kyle writes, dear Pilates and downward
2: facing crowbar. Hearing Pip talk about her issues with Dota and Toxicity reminded me of my own experiences with competitive multiplayer games, specifically Apex Legends. I almost never play anything multiplayer because I don't have friends who play these sorts of games, and I find the idea of playing with strangers extremely stressful. I gave Ape Legs a shot because I liked Titanfall, and the ping system sounded like it might alleviate some of my issues with competitive games. I played for a good amount of time, about 30 hours, generally enjoyed it, and for the most part had good experiences with teammates. However, I get a bad egg every now and again... And eventually this wore me down to the point that I stopped playing. No matter how rare it is, the experience of being yelled at by someone I don't know over something I don't understand is so unpleasant and the threat of it so nerve-wracking that it effectively ruined the game for me. This gave me an idea. What if queues in online games were split into two groups? One queue for people who wanted to yell at each other and another for people who are afraid of being yelled at, e.g. me. Would this work? Do you have any other silly but potentially effective ideas for grouping people in multiplayer games? And more seriously, do you think there's any way to make, to make multiplayer games more palatable for people like me who have a very low tolerance for online toxicity? Happy podding, Kyle.
0: I think the only solution to this that reasonably works is good in-game kind of... Um, Emotes and clarity of objectives. Yeah. Plus voice chat always being, or chat in general, always being opt in, not opt out.
1: Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. I think that, I don't think a a dual queuing system for people who are optionally assholes would work because of those assholes would go, oh, I'm going to get into that queue. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, self-declaration because no one sees themselves as an asshole.
2: And the people who do are obviously active trolls, so they would always queue in that queue anyway. But um, it's a really hard one to to fix. I don't know that you you can even totally fix it just by cutting out communication because you still have people who will be, you know, uh just non-compliant with the agenda of the game in order to make a point.
1: Yeah. Eight but- is a pretty you know, like it it has failed him, but you know, of, I
0: have found Aplex genuinely good for this. Yeah, because
1: it because of the clarity of objective and the emo system, like. Yeah. almost exclusively like but destiny i can't remember the last time i had nasty experiences in destiny i've
0: only ever had upset people in destiny at random raid groups and that yeah, is right. opt-in to an, to an nth degree because you have yeah. to you know go to a reddit and sign up for something at a particular time right and and also the vast majority of those experiences were lovely yeah. um there is a um destiny allows you to opt into like a group uh voice chat and it is on pc easy to do it by accident if you're me that is the scariest thing in English language. That is, that is terrifying. That is real terror.
1: What actually happens then? Cause I've, I've been also afraid.
0: Um, you, nothing happens at all unless the other person is yelling at you, which they never are, but the fact that they might be, mm, don't, mm. Like <laughs> don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Occasionally you'll see the notification that says like, you know, you know, bong lord wiener Hitler has joined the group chat and you're like, oh, well, I won't then. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, actually Bung Lord Wiener Hitler actually writes in, uh, so. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, Jeff writes, another, it's another pip-related question. Triple pip. Mm. Triple. Pipple. Pipple. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Wilmot's Warehouse is a, <laughs> I just wanted to say Pipple then, is a pip game about making order out of chaos. Untitled Goose Game is a pip game about making chaos from order. I assume Dicey Dungeons is also a pip game, but where does it lie on the spectrum of order and chaos? Alternative question, how many pips and how many games does Dicey Dungeons have? Dicey Dungeons has 21 pips. Yeah,
1: I was just trying to think of like 6 plus 5 plus Yeah, it's four the number of pips three. on a dice.
0: I'm being a smart ass. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's a, a good observation. Although, um, you know, I think, I think Wilmot's Warehouse is not necessarily about making order from chaos, but making your own definition of order from chaos, which yeah. is a crucial distinction that yeah. is what renders it a pip game. That's all I would add. Mm. Hmm.
2: Mark writes, Dear Wood and Rod, having listened to your 13th episode, I want to convey my (laughs) appreciation to you all. I've been listening since the days of the PC Gamer podcast. This has been time enough for Marsh to have left and come back again, for Diablo 3 to go from crap to great, and for me to have changed career three times. Through all of this, you've continued to provide your signature mix of seriously, (laughs) searingly hot takes, tortuous metaphors, and jovial bedlam. Thank you, Chris, Tom, Tom, Pip, Alex, and Marsh. He doesn't mention Graham.
0: <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't have laughed.
2: <laughs> Somewhere too on quiet the- on the walls. He's yeah. too stoic. A single tear runs down his face and freezes before it reaches his moustache. <laughs> the Crate and Crowbar has become the well-worn slippers that are often all that's needed to cheer up a bad week. And the cheery exclamation that punctuates a good one. I've just very belatedly joined your patron Ah, another one Uh, And look forward to a long future of you taking my money Also, (laughs) I fully endorse the continued coverage of your Bloodborns, Zero Dawn's And other superlative console titles I'm very much looking forward to your incisive deconstruction of next year's Animal Crossing
0: With best wishes, Mark
1: Thank you, Mark What a nice
0: spark Thanks, Mark I don't think we can deconstruct Animal Crossing Because Pip will kill every one of us one by one (laughs) That's the other place Pip lives And... You're not going to deconstruct it <laughs> any faster than she can construct it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kingsley writes, dear liars and spires, hmm. uh, last week Marsh said he spoilt telling lies for himself by trying to find out if there was a signal when you'd, in quotes, finish the game. Marsh, that's me. Does such a signal exist? Can you reveal it without spoilers so we can avoid a similar fate? Cheers, Kingsley. I can, Kingsley. I can, and I will. Uh, The game uh, purports to give you a time limit until 5 a.m., which is a time visible on your screen at the top right. Uh, But time does not advance per minute played. It advances seemingly erratically per percentage of your completion of videotapes. So um, it will reach 5 a.m. when you have essentially watched enough videotapes to give you a good sense of what's happened, at which point you can, can continue watching... Or a new option opens up, which will essentially end the game. I think I've answered that.
1: Mm, good job. Mm. Thanks, man. You should write guides.
0: No. Have you considered... There's only two games, though, if you write guides. That's the real problem with them, as a medium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, into the discourse. I wish I could escape it.
3: Mm.
2: Charles writes, Dear Le Clou and Class War... The question in last week's podcast about tabletop RPG, uh, <laughs> RPG adaptation of games has got me wondering, do any of you have any favorite board games or card games that are adapted from video games? If not, what video games would you most like to see adapted as a board or a card game? Personally, I really enjoy the Dark Souls board game. It's a cooperative game that manages to be both fun and extremely challenging in a way that feels a lot like video games, and it does a pretty good job of preserving the Dark Souls atmosphere. It also avoids cleaving too closely to the video game mechanics, dodging the trap that the tabletop adaptations you were talking about last week fell into. Cheers, Charles. Charles? Cheers. Cheers, Charles. Cheers,
0: Charles. I don't know if I... So, years and years and years ago, there was a Star Wars grand strategy game called Star Wars Rebellion. On the PC. Hmm. And I liked that. And now there is a board game called Star Wars Rebellion, which is a grand strategy game. And I don't think they have anything to do with each other. But in the other chance that they do, I like it. <laughs> 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 it takes all day, but that is kind of uh, optimal for me. It's like, it's, um I don't know, I quite like playing Civ against one other person, basically. Cool, asymmetric Empire versus Rebellion mixture of deception and military strategy and grand strategy sort of production line kind of stuff. It's cool. Hmm. You can kidnap and freeze Chewbacca. Really? Yeah. Cool. Come to my house.
1: (laughs) Do you then launch the frozen Chewbacca...
0: I'll tell you what. On a catapult. No, so it's from a mechanic where you essentially, um, it's a cool game mechanic, actually. I'd love to see a video game take it up. Basically, there's a few ways you enact your will as a player. But one of them is um, you assign a leader character to a mission and you assign them and then both players take it in terms to sort of resolve the assignments that they've done with the option of not resolving something. So I'm going to send this character to this place to do this mission. And it works slightly differently if you're the Empire or the Rebellion because the Empire tends to be assigning a figurehead to oversee a project. Whereas the rebellion tends to be actually sending an operative to a part of the galaxy to do yeah. a task. And then you can hold leaders in reserve to counter other leaders and the empire. This allows them to ultimately try and capture. If they send like Boba Fett after someone, they can capture a rebel leader and put them in carbonite and, you know, ship them oh. around, turn them to the dark side and stuff. And oh, it's cool. I see. So it's it's genuinely packaging neat. up. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, um, but uh, it leads loads of neat scenarios and I played it with Pip once and uh, Pip was uh, the empire and uh, as anyone who's listened to the Pip recounts Star Wars (laughs) audio will know um, sort of willfully doesn't understand anything about (laughs) Star Wars Um, To the point where she just played as like Ruth the Sea Well she just played according to her whim Which meant that like I was holding this card That would allow me to trigger a Wookiee uprising On Kashyyyk, the home of the Wookiees And some mission cards work anywhere but this one's very specific Has to work on Kashyyyk The turn I was about to deploy it but it was like I'm just going to fire the Death Star which is like a kind of Involved process and destroyed this planet And I was like why have you done How did you know I was holding this card? I didn't (laughs) And did you know that's where Chewie's from? No (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah. And I got absolutely crushed. (laughs) You know, that game ended with, uh, Darth Vader slaughtering Luke Skywalker and ending the rebellion.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is is the perfect Pip chaos moment. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But she
0: got upset because she thought she'd ruined Star Wars for me. And I was like, no, you've made it. You've done this kind of dark Elseworlds thing where Emperor Pippeltine kind of like (laughs) annihilates everything I care about.
2: (laughs) Oh, uh as a as a coder to our previous RPG discussion, uh, our RPG group has abandoned Simbarome. Oh what? Yeah, Simbarome. yeah, and We decided that the the
1: rules just weren't robust enough. Um and I'll tell so- you what happened. Uh Martin uh, Marsh was upset because his strangling didn't work as much as it should do that's not true <laughs> it, worked, it worked really well it worked too well in fact <laughs> it did actually we um yeah like I was, I was I was a wizard who power. was able just to there was no reason not to mind control stuff I get uh, it wasn't it's was not very good it's not very good we came
2: up across the boss monster and we just turned him to a pig and that was it for him and Jim was like oh that was meant to take
0: ages <laughs> <laughs> The thing persuasion polymorph and apparently strangling and the um <laughs> op yeah yeah so I, I did thought.
2: i did um i did try and convince the group to play the final fantasy sorry final fantasy fantasy flight uh Genesis system. Genesis system but I, I think we're going with scum and villainy instead
0: it's a decent system mm. yeah blade system is awesome Blade system is good blade system is good for what blades does which is heists yeah i just i just worry but there aren't going to be if you try hard enough
2: there aren't going to be enough necks in space are they? They're going to be Robonacs. I can't strangle those. They're not going to be satisfying. It'll go through conduit, the like Robo conduit. It's mm. fine. It works. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't that kind of fleshy, kind of cartilaginous.
0: Uh, All right, but you
1: can just say, uh, I appreciate
0: what you're doing, Marsh. Which is the, <laughs> yeah. the Goblin Dick brand has kind of run its course, and now yeah. Frustrated Strangler is your new thing.
3: <sighs>
0: <laughs> Dominic writes: Hi, Creighton
2: Crowbar. Hi, Dominic. Uh, uh I recently found and started listening to your fine podcast due to a slightly unusual route. On my walk to work down one of Bath's seven hills, I passed a woman walking up the hill who looked weirdly familiar. Just after passing my brain decided the fami- sorry, just after passing, my brain decided the familiarity was because she looked a lot like Pip, who I recognise from her contributions to RPS and Shut Up and Sit Down. My attempts to work out if Pip did in fact live in Bath led me to you. More specifically, the combination of her name and the mention of the city of Bath on your contact page. I'm still feeling guilty about staring quizzically at either Pip or some other random woman for slightly too long than is polite while my brain was trying to place her. In that vein, if a listener or consumer of some other form of your content was to recognise one of you on the street, how would you prefer they greet you, if at all? More gaming-related, I've come to the conclusion in recent years that given limited time, I would generally prefer a shorter, focused game than one that boasts hundreds of hours of play. Um, padded with either enormous open worlds or grinds, which game do you think would have been better if they'd just made less of it? Thanks, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> a pertinent question for this particular week. Mm. What about the first question?
0: Uh, if if you say, Chris, I'll immediately apologise. Yeah. Apologise. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly with Chris Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The correct, correct <laughs> response. I Yeah. It hasn't really, doesn't really happen to me because I'm nobody, but, uh, but I would, I, that's how, that's what my reaction would be. Okay. (laughs) I think it'd be quite frightening.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, just, it's nice when people say hello in a nice way. That tends to be what happens.
1: What do you think, Marty? Great. Let's go. Uh- so I was just going to say, I was, uh, I had a coffee with, uh, Tom a couple of weeks ago, um, before his depart, departation. Oh yeah. And, um, uh, we were chatting on and there was a couple sitting at the table next to us. And as they got up, the bloke said, Oh, Tom, big fan. You know, thanks for everything. Shook his hand and off like it was. Really nice moment, and and I just assumed, like, oh, what's happened to you quite a lot, Tom? And he said, second time it's ever happened. <laughs> he said, he was very pleased. Oh, yeah, Very pleased. That's nice.
2: David writes, hi, all. My adult brain cannot recall if the origin of Tactical Breach Wizard's uh, ha- had been discussed on the pod or not, but I think I found it listening to an earlier episode. I just listened to episode 47, having recently beaten Transistor and wanted to hear everyone's takes on it. Then answering a question about Rainbow Six Siege, the discussion turned to destiny and that wizard came from the moon. This led to Chris professing his love of wizards, which is objectively correct, and eventually how it'd be cool if there was a game where you could uh tactically breaching cre- clear rooms a la Rainbow Six, but your team was wizards. Anyway, the question, as class Chris said, wizards are so dorky that they usually get dressed up as sorcerers or thaumaturges or something else that sounds cooler. I too feel that there's something special about wizards just being wizards, even if they are total dorks. What is something in games that you earnestly love, but that may not be considered particularly cool? Take care, David.
0: This is actually kind of revelatory because we thought that discussion happened on an episode of the PC Gamer podcast. Yeah. Because I have a memory of walking back from the PC Gamer podcast with Rich McCormick talking about exactly this thing, like wizards breaching and clearing in a Call of Duty game. I don't know. I think this this concept was birthed from our kind of collective, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the er uh, joke, basically. And now it is. It, it is. Um what was the question? Do you like anything that's uncool? I mean, <laughs> other, than, uh, <laughs> other than our entire medium, uh, other than the things I've professed to like.
1: There are like there are things like sort of sort of uh, sort of separate things like tr- t- spending hours fucking around with settings be- to stop the tiny little frame rate hitch that. Occasionally happens, you know, mm. just dumb, dorky shit like I that. I think,
0: I think for me <laughs> is, like, I, I, I fucking love a good, kind of moody, gothy sort of mm. aesthetic on a thing. Mm. I think maybe that does, wouldn't always be obvious. I mean, come, it comes mm. with the, the wizard thing is off to the side, but like, the original, um, Vampire Masquerade and Vampire oh, Bloodlines, Vamp- right, both yeah. like big hits for me, yeah. like, any game like Max Payne two as well, any game that can un unself consciously end with Lacuna Coil. That's big. <laughs> I, I like that. Um like yeah, I think it's probably the dorkiest thing that I've undisclosed so far. I was quite a gothy teen huh. and occasionally it resurfaces.
2: I don't like anything uncool that's my stance <laughs> as I'm sitting there playing video games in my house hat
0: <laughs> fucking badass yeah playing playing erotic Lovecraftian games oh Jesus oh my God. Christ in your house hat uh, I'm going to have to watch that yeah I think the, the Dobby of wanking <laughs> oh, there's been quite a
2: lot of unusable podcast titles this episode
1: yeah that's not unusable
0: though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we might get kicked off Spotify for that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're
0: now on Spotify by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I say you're welcome in a passive aggressive way, having been asked repeatedly to do it. Only to say I think it's probably hard, only to find out it's really super easy in doing it in ten minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why aren't the first few episodes on Spotify? Uh I don't know. We just didn't put them in an RSS feed or something like that?
0: They are there. They're not in the, in the- RSS feed. Oh. They're not It might be the Spotify as a limit. Uh hmm. I'll look into it Oh god more work But yeah we'll, like... <laughs> Sorry
2: uh, Joe writes Hi What's with all the indie games About dealing with loss <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've really done Joe a service with this voice
2: <laughs> You know It's a little bit Total biscuit um, There's a lot of them Isn't there I'm not imagining Am I Stand up routine Thanks Joe that was just my normal voice then. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Come on. What's the deal? I yeah. yeah. see. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, it's because life is loss. Yeah. Life it's... is pain and suffering, as the mm. Buddha tells
0: us. It's, uh, yeah. It, and, you know, games give people more freedom to explore things that are true and real and happen to them. And... Indies love to do, like, stuff about
1: feelings and stuff, don't they? Yeah. The indies. There was a period where every IGF
2: nominated game seemed to be either about being in a coma or dealing with some incurable illness
0: I was going to ask about the coma thing because it's a real serious thing that's in every fucking indie game mm. so I think they've got over it now though have right? they? I don't know I feel like it looks at the fringe and I have had this experience myself writing for games but like it looks at the fringe of every piece of world building you do is like this would be easier if, <laughs> 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 if the player was in a coma yeah, I don't really have to explain anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I should have read it out in that voice. That was yeah. a good voice. Yeah. But the just, secret, the furtive writer excuses voice. Indie games about.
1: I think Indian we've loss. kind of moved through that kind of difficult a phase to surpass where. surpass Metal Gear. <laughs> you kind of games felt that they had to do weighty subjects right yeah like, no i mean i think like, we, I think yeah. that they're kind of like oh actually we can you're just a horrible have goose in it now <laughs> yeah you know, yeah, or yeah. Or <laughs> man
0: there's something in the journey from braid <laughs> to goose game you know what i mean hmm. The like once upon a time it's like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be a puzzle platformer with a interesting mechanic about turning back time mm-hmm. and it's going to be about a breakup or something right yeah like to we don't need to explain this it speaks for itself. Yeah, it feels like maturity within the medium.
2: Yeah, to I me. agree. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like there, there are I think instances where those things have been tied together in interesting way. Talos principle is a good example of buying yeah. a, 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 a a falutin story. I won't say how high, but <laughs> it <falutes>. um <laughs> But like, I've had any complaints. But do, the you, um <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I've completely. You go, continue. It's like. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> what you were saying you would like to toot was, on it, this. It's flute funny, on flute. Flute. <laughs> toot on the flute.
1: Uh, I was just remembering. A th- I think that that period of indie games all coincided pretty much with a period in game like journalism, kind of star writing, uh, where. In order, like, so many writers started doing, like, oh, yeah, something bad happened in my life, but but games helped me through it. Or, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. that was and fucking was, torturous I was on the, Sorry, everybody who I, was I know who wrote judges, those, <laughs> Yeah, I was in the, on the judging panel of some uh, game journalism award thing sort of for one year. And I tell you, like, like three quarters of them were that, that article over and over and over again. And it's the worst thing is like these are real things that are happening to people about loved ones dying and gotten, you know, contracting diseases and whatever. Mm. And, and I was getting really quite angry about it because it was <laughs> the same template over and over again and individually. Fine, but on mass, and, uh, really, and games, like as a as a culture, mm. like we've got to. I'm kind of embarrassed about games. We've got to make them do things that they're not. Yeah, don't really I don't
0: really blame do the individual writers in that context. Yeah, because every individual attempt is fine, but, but it's also like, games media had construed a situation where it was possible to make about 120 quid by uh, as long as you could connect a bereavement to Fallout.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Basically. You're both monsters. I think those were
0: really touching and important stories. I think I made a compass.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a compass? Yeah, that I'll send I'll it to you later. I made a, a way of plotting game journalists to Oh, the Nexus. right.
2: <laughs> is that something we can put in the show notes? Probably, or is yeah. That- I'll, I'll dig okay. it out. It's on
0: my old, like, wanky Tumblr. Oh, I had a wanky tumble. Ah uh, Twenties <laughs>
1: And Martin's the, do- the Dobby And you're the tumbler. Ah <laughs>
0: uh, Such Deletable content
2: Kane writes Hello Hi As you know One of the most crucial Revelations in Destiny's deep lore Is the fact that Guardians are all Reincarnated dogs hmm. What other video game characters are secretly animals? Personally, I've long suspected that Tarn Adams dwarves are secretly cats. Between their aloof aloof stoicism, their tendency to cause work stoppages and job cancellations by claiming urgently needed bins and refusing to relinquish them, and the way they sometimes run around the fort in a maddening daze and without warning, all scream cat at me. Also, that they're terrified of great horned owls. Eyes on the ball, Regardians. <laughs> Kane. <laughs> I only just got that when I read it out. Yeah. I read it earlier I was like, I don't know what that's reference to. Do. It's probably some Destiny thing. I'll just read it out anyway.
1: Now I understand. Anyway, hmm. I was just thinking that um, Sakajima. So he's kind of like a great big, loud parrot macaw thing, just sort of screaming and shouting. Yes, to do. to do. But everything it knows is just a copy. Oh, mm. 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 everyone's
0: a clone as well. It's kind of oh. double meta, ah. double parrot. Yeah. <laughs> double parrot is a good Kojima name. <laughs> Maybe it's his own name. No, that's idiot Kojima. He's in oh, there like yeah. before.
1: <laughs> what about Mass Effect? Are they gibbons? <laughs> Well, there is quite a lot of sex in Mass Effect, so
0: I suppose in that sense, yeah. Yeah. Bonobos. No, there's only... No No, it's, only, it's, <laughs> no bones, no, it's yeah. not. It's not. They're not because they don't shag all the time. They shag once and then everyone goes off to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh so
1: That would be mantises? Yeah. No, no, Mayfly
2: no. or something. Mayflies, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's mm, That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Think peace about it, Alex. Might do. <laughs> and that time, I got some butter out of the fridge and
0: it fell on the floor. Mm. <sighs> Yeah. Anyway, here's how to find all of the secret areas in Red Dead Online.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh.
2: Uh. (laughs) Is that all the discourse that we have time for this evening? I'm
0: discoursed to the max. I, I discoursed a long time ago and I've just been spent and tired and sad ever Aww. since.
2: <laughs> well, if you'd like to send, uh, more insufferable discourse to us, or indeed very pleasant questions or, you know, other accolades about <laughs> our great podcast. Just send accolades. Uh, you can do that at questions at cranecrowbar.com or you can tweet us, tweet at us. Tweet us.
0: Tweet us. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs>
2: the Roman <laughs> social media. Us. I was going
0: to say the pop punk tweeter. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs>
2: Uh You can tweet at us, at us, <laughs> no, at at Creighton Crowbar on the Twitter us.
0: <laughs> Great. Um, what connects us, Alex? Tweet. Exactly. Anyway, here's my metaphor. Thank you for Iceland. <laughs> Um, there's a YouTube channel.
2: It's youtube.com slash Craig and Crowbar. You can listen to the episodes on that. You can subscribe to our Patreon if you wish. If you wish to do so, <laughs> should be <we> nice, <do> <laughs> I guess. It's <laughs> just patreon.com slash Craig and Crowbar. Or you can join our Discord community. It's amazing. And you can find the link to that. Good
1: discourse there.
2: Thank Yes, indeed. Only I mean, the most quality mm. Discord discourse. Mm. And you can find that on our website, the link to it on our website createandcrowboy.com is that everything chris have i done it have i finally done it just the individual twitter
1: account oh fuck no <laughs> so, what about the spot would she remind about the spotify if well, you want to do a spotify i mean you can now
0: find the podcast on spotify okay. the thing is you're listening to the podcast right now so you either know this or don't
1: <laughs> you might be listening
0: to it on the website wishing only this was on spotify
2: but they, wouldn't, they would have listened to the
0: part where we talk about spotify what if they were unless we cut that because it's too embarrassing for some reason (laughs) actually you said that like you're in an infomercial like I can't just listen to this (laughs) well
1: I'm here to tell you
0: yeah you're in luck somebody um, cramming a microphone into their
2: mouth
3: (laughs) I can't listen to the podcast (laughs)
2: a physical demonstration
0: there which will be great for our listeners yeah um sorry if you could hear that and if you couldn't hear it also sorry
1: what is your real going to the twitter name for you individually chris
0: (laughs) (laughs) my real going to the twitter name for me individually chris is c thurston my initial and surname that's c uh For
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, let's not do that again.
0: C um, T H uh, U R S T E—that's the one that will get you. Mm-hmm. N. I'm at bread making Bombay. <laughs> I'm
2: not. I'm Ash Davis,
1: and I am at rotational.
2: R O T. Oh God! Right. Okay. <laughs> I screamed. You spelled it.
0: <laughs> Trying to end this fucking horror. <laughs>
3: I for there in bowl, McClunky. clunky. I should bear business Oh, me. I